Hey guys, this is Steve Baker, uh, TPC, the Pragmatic Constitutionalist, and I am excited to have with me today uh, James Sullivan. He has probably been uh, an, a reluctant um, star here in the last uh, couple of weeks as a result of um, what we've seen on television related to his brother, John Sullivan, who was there, actually captured video of Ashley Babbitt uh, being uh, killed by the Capitol Police officer as well as some other activities he was involved with and people that he was with. And so I want to ask questions about all those. And I don't want to get into any uh, speculation at all today, uh, James. I want to cover as, as many facts as possible. I, I want to know what you know. And then maybe towards the end, we'll we'll try to figure out and, and um, see if we can come to some conclusions on what maybe we should know uh, after we've had a couple of weeks to process these events. Anyway, so uh, here's James Sullivan. James, uh, tell me tell me a little bit about yourself before we get started. I, I understand you come from a uh, conservative family, military family, uh, Utah, LDS, and uh, yeah, give me a little bit more background in your family. Yeah, so um, I'm one of four brothers. Um, it's Peter, James, and John in reverse order. Uh, we're all adopted from uh, different families. I was adopted from Ogden here in Utah. John was adopted from Maryland. Peter was adopted from um, Ohio and Matthew, but the youngest brother was adopted um, in Maryland as well. Um, we were uh, raised by my father and my mother to uh, love our country, uh, God, and to put family first. And um, as brothers, you know, we did have like a lot of competition. We were in speed skating. Um, we had a lot of, uh, you know, time together because we grew up on a farm. We didn't really have neighbors. Um, we had like 80 acres of land to run on, horses, dogs, cats, chickens, stuff like that. So um, we had a re really good childhood and um, I can't really complain about it. Um, myself now, I have uh, two kids, um, just got engaged. Congratulations. That's my fiance, uh, Terry Kingman, um, on New Year's. So that's what's happening right now. And then uh, John, you know, started his stuff, uh, you know, on the 6th of January, as we know. So I had to come back in and kind of uh, do what I did over the summer again, but now on a national stage. Gotcha. Uh, are you, you're involved in local politics there in uh, Utah? Uh, are you GOP, libertarian? How are you involved? Oh, I'm... Uh, <laughs> I am definitely a Republican, a strong black Republican. Um, okay. I, didn't, I wasn't always involved. I was a nearly single father um, and I uh, was just going through a divorce at that time. And um, my brother came out and with Insurgents TV and we saw him like on Facebook going viral and um, with the stuff he was doing. And then in June, July, he did the... Um, the Provo protest where he allegedly had um, two gunmen hold up cars uh, and one fired into him and he didn't condemn it or uh, even take responsibility for anything. So um, I worked with local authorities and getting him indicted on that. I joined a group called Citizens of Norm, which is a very vetted and organized, um, like kind of like a community security group. Um, and we, uh, we kind of stabilize John. We worked with different members of Black Lives Matter who also wanted them out of his out of their community um, to remove him from his prominence here in Utah. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, I was called basically called the lead, and um, I started civilized awakening and did rallies all over, all over the Salt Lake Valley and nationally. And uh, now we're just settling back down. 
after the inauguration of Joe Biden and uh, everything that's happening with my brother. That's one of my major, my major focuses right now is so, controlling that narrative. Yeah. So just a little bit more um, background on John. Um, I understand that he was training to be an Olympic speed skater. Is that right? And uh, how, what year was that? Yeah, there's actually, it's actually, uh, so that was like between like 2000 and like 13 through 2018. He was out here for a while training for the speed skate or speed skating at the Olympic over and currents. Um, he went to comp, uh, competitions all over the country um, and uh, internationally. And it was all like really funded by my dad. So mm -hmm. um, he had a really good time doing that. Um, he went straight from there to sales, which is another competitive environment. He was able to take his, his uh, discipline and uh, pers persistence in the sales. And he excelled in that a lot. He was able to make, I think, like 200,000 in his first year. Wow. Um, bought like a Mercedes in cash. Like, yeah, dude's, dude's insanely driven. Um, he doesn't really have a lot of natural talent, but it, he makes up for it um, really hard work. Yeah. When, so, when, when, how long ago was it that he became uh, radicalized and, and kind of uh, how did that happen? Yeah. Timeline. Uh, Joe Biden uh, said, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black on the Good Morning America show. George Floyd was killed a week later, it was broadcasted on TV for a week. Um, 20, 20, 24 hours a day. Right. Um, and then a week after that, John came out with Resurgence TV um, at the Salt Lake City Riots. Wow. So, um, it, so this was, this was very uh, recent. Was there signs of this uh, coming before that? Or was this just all of a sudden? All of a sudden, like we would have political conversations. I'm um, pretty sure he voted for it. I'm sure he voted for Trump the first time around. Like, um, and, uh, you know, we just... As you know, as a family, we were kind of shocked. Um, we tried finding out if he was being paid, if he was being um, used because he was black and kind of a prominent figure in Utah to speed skating. But then we started realizing that he generally believed in Black Lives Matter ideas. That's how it started. And then what? as he progressed, he became more radical. So he founded a group called Insurgents USA. Um, it, that's his own group. And, so and um, are they aligned with anybody in particular? Is this a BLM aligned organization? Is it independent? Is it anti? What what is this? So um, it's not B it's not BLM or anything. He made his own um, individual um, organization because Black Lives Matter almost immediately uh, denounced him and kicked him out of their community. Lex Scott, the leader of the Black Lives Matter in Utah chapter, has recently um, said that her and her chapter here in Salt Lake City. Mm -hmm. We're not um, aligned with John in any way. So it's literally just like a, just like most of the Antifa groups. Um, not all of them are like, you know, Washash Antifa here in Utah. A lot of them have individual names, but they all have uh, Marxist ideas that are, that are fueling their, um, their groups. So John was just one of those groups. Right. Now, is it true that he actually organized the Provo event where the shooting took place there? Was that his yeah. event? Yeah, verifiable, completely verified and true, yes. So that, that was an Insurgent USA event. Yep, Insurgent USA. He does have a lot of other groups that he's made under different names. Um, Blackfist, uh, Coalition, uh, Blackfist United, a bunch of other groups. But um, And then he also has a page called Juan King. But now he's like the the Jaden Alex, Jaden Sander or something. Mm -hmm. It's hard to keep up with the students, but. Yeah. So, 
So uh, uh, most of the MSM uh, sources are saying that John is not part of either uh, BLM or Antifa in any way. And I don't, I don't want to speculate, as I mentioned earlier, on anything. So what exactly are the facts? Has he been shunned by the various BLM groups uh, around the country? Uh, he's been shunned by the national groups. Uh, Antifa is labeled, labeled him a provocateur. Um, they instigator and opportunist. They reviewed several statements on their Twitters. That's uh, they're still allowed to keep up for some reason. Um, so now he is technically he's affiliated with any known Antifa group because all he does is instigate instigate stuff within their own groups and where they get used. So mm -hmm. they look at him as like an implant. But he has Antifa or Marxist a Marxist mindset. He doesn't believe in centralized government. He believes that um, he believes in socialism. You know. Um, and he believes that um, both the Democratic uh, Party and the Republican Party should fall and uh, socialism should take its place. Um, he is, but he's just, he's never been able to work with people on, in a team. His game was an individual team, individual sport. He didn't have to work with anybody. Uh, from my observation, observations that here in Utah, it doesn't look like he has the ability to empathize with people. Um, which I'm not really going to say it's a sociopath, but it's that, that, that's definitely sociopathic tendencies. He's been known to uh, throw people under the bus for his own self-gain. Um, he videotaped um, that woman dying in the Capitol right. and didn't, didn't attempt to do anything for her, just wanted the footage for his page. Um, those, are ten those are tendencies to somebody who has uh, the, somebody who's a sociopath. So, yeah, let's go, let's go to the um, specific or his specific uh, involvement and activities on that day or leading up to that event, which we've all seen on television numerous times. What do you know what his plans were, who he was with? Was he by himself? Was he with a group? Uh, what were his known intentions that day? I know that he was working with a bunch of different Antifa people because he got proprietary caravan meetup points from private telegroups, mm -hmm. telegram groups. And he passed it on to Antifa and they let him back into his, their chats. Um, and um, he put up a bunch of like uh, meetup sites for Antifa to go and infiltrate um, the caravans. Uh, he seemed to start planning right after the uh, president called the Patriots to Utah. Mm -hmm. So did he did and i don't know if i saw this in uh, another podcast that you did or if it was somewhere else but did did he actually go to the capitol um with a group of of people that he had organized or had met up with or was that solo act so um he had coordinated with a lot of the Antifa members they were seen like a month a block away from the from the uh Capitol or the barricades, setting up, passing out bowls, Trump has stuff like that. Um, there was there were actual they actually found discarded uh, boxes full, filled with Trump hats, but John wasn't anywhere near there. He was at the uh, east side, to the east side, and um, where the barricades were, and then they opened the barricades. Uh, the Capitol Police opened the bar barricades and they were able to go through. Now what, kind of now, what time did he get there? I, I will tell you that I specifically went to cover the rally and um, myself and, a, and a, another friend of mine were at the rally and we we left the Trump speech less than halfway through. We, you know, we was bored. It, it was crowded. It was, we couldn't hear it. And so we started heading over to the Capitol. And when I got 
to the Capitol, which Trump began his speech at 1157 AM. He, he ended it at 111 PM and we were already at the Capitol before he even ended his speech. Right. Yeah. So they were, they were there when the, when the um, gates were first opened. Mm-hmm. And they were there like 40 minutes before Trump ended his speech. It's a 40 minute walk from the ellipse to the barricades. So right. um, they were, they were already there. Yes, but say they basically left when or even before Trump began his speech. Then, in order for that to happen, um, there's also a group that came from Black Lives Matter Plaza to that same side of the barricade because um, they were staging up at Black Lives Matter Plaza, and a lot of people don't talk about that—the huge amount of people dressed in black at Black Lives Matter Plaza. But they came there to the uh, John didn't, but there's a huge group that went from Black Lives Matter Plaza with Trump hats on to the barricades as well. Right. Right. Um, right around the moon trumpet. What what's uh what's John's connection to this uh uh Jade Slacker? I mean, obviously there was a lot of um mis- miscommunication, misinformation. She was identified as a CNN reporter. I, I mean, I looked up her I looked her up on her website and and obviously that was denied by CNN uh and herself, but she does list on her own website that she has uh clients uh who consist of NBC, NBR, um, Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, uh, among others on her client list. Uh, and she's apparently an independent filmmaker. So what's his relationship with her and where did he meet up with her in this this day? Yeah, that's actually a little bit complicated um, there, uh, Steve. So um, I can go a little bit into that. So um, Jade, first and foremost, before any, any relation to me or John is an investigative reporter, um, she's done groundbreaking stories in uh, war-torn countries like Cambodia, Syria. She's done amazing things over there um, for like um, in for, for like uh, humanitarian uh, stories. Uh, she came back here and she was assigned a project involving me and my brother. Two separate teams have been following us for the past four months just because of the uh, the uniqueness of our story. Um, mm-hmm. So she was there um, as a as just filming him because he just he would sporadically just go to places without communicating with the teams so then she couldn't organize a team fast enough to meet him at the in dc so she just went out with the camera and followed him and what she's had to do as a best gave reporter is she had to make a relationship with my brother who's already very paranoid mm-hmm. because of the um the way that you know the environment was here in utah he wouldn't really talk to people or give him give people the information like he's given to Jade. So Jade, um, having four years of experience as an investigative reporter, was able to uh, trust John. And um, when she was in the Capitol, there's that infamous clip of her saying that we did it, we did it, and being excited. It's because John is giving her a bunch of false events to go to, pay thousands of dollars for teams to show up to, and nothing would happen. Um, So when she said that we're going to storm the Capitol, blah, 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 and Tifa, blah, 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 is going to be there. She's just like, okay. And then she went and it actually happened. So it was like one of those things that, holy crap, John didn't know why at this time, you know? So um, that was pretty much it. Um, she's actually, she actually uh, is assigned to me. Sometimes she comes on and she covers the things that I'm doing um, and also gets different dialogue from different pages here in Utah that had to deal with John. So that, that wasn't something that was ever supposed to come out. John has been told repeatedly not to record in a documentary. Obviously, as you know, when, it, when, when, when you're in production, 
you don't want to have somebody else with a camera releasing what you're cast as then it becomes less significant for the film. Right. So she, she told him to stop recording. It was more of like reminding him that she didn't want to be recorded, but he went and he did it anyways, along with a bunch of other footage that she can't use now because it's all over. Yeah. Now was uh, the, I mean, obviously we know that uh, John was arrested and we'll get into that in a moment, but what about her um, uh, status? Was she uh, arrested? I mean, obviously she was on CNN saying I'm in the building. Yeah. So she actually went in uh, with a lot of the journalists. Um, she does have um, a type that type of press. There was other mainstream journalists that were in there as well mm -hmm. um, that went in alongside her, not coordinated with her at all. But um, jo when John says he's a reporter, it's like a self-named reporter. Um, she has like press passes. She has uh, credentials and stuff like that. So she's an actual journalist mm -hmm. um, that was going in and covering the was willing to work fully with the FBI and give her footage to them. And uh, they never reached out. Um, it didn't seem like something was important for them. We have just stopped contacting John um, while or while he's in uh, house arrest because we don't want to be affiliated with him in any way. Right. Um, like I have been in the past, you know, because we did an interview um, with John. And then after that, everybody in the Patriot community thought that I was like in periods with him. So we kind of right. want to stay away from, I want to stay away from talking to John as much as possible. So what, uh, what was he charged with? Um, oh my gosh, I could pull it up. He was charged with, uh, I think, like entering a, a like a like a government building, um, uh, inciting violence, um, and a couple other things. But he was charged with the same thing that a lot of like uh, patriots were charged with, um, just for entering the like a government building illegally. But he was um, he was actually filmed doing damage, right? Yeah. Um. Allegedly, he broke a window in one of his videos. Um. He said, oh, the window broke, but there's already broken windows in this place. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, he did do damage. I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, just as you know, with all charges, there are, there are pending investigations. Yeah. So um, they're probably not done, uh, you know, charging him, or they're just investigating. So, they're, so they charge him with things that, that they, they did know just to keep him from traveling. Okay. And um, now they're probably still going in. I know they contacted a lot of my friends and family. Um, they've acquisitioned a lot of the footage that I was given and sent in um, from both uh, Antifa uh, whistleblowers and um, Patriots. They sent me uh, photos and uh, videos of John so, that I've ordered on. So, so he was released on his own recognizance? Uh, house arrest? What, what's his current status? So he's on house arrest. I actually have a full thing and I can kind of Give me a second. I can go into it right now. Um, we do actively seek full-time employment where a GPS monitor prohibited from possessing any weapons, um, subjected to strict internet monitoring, undergo a mental health evaluation, abide living in travel restrictions, must not travel outside of Utah when authorized, must surrender passport, visit a home, except when working, attending religious services, medical treatment, and other court-approved activities. Um, so Basically, the reason why he got that is because Utah has a bill, bill reform bill mm -hmm. in the books. Um, so if you didn't directly assault somebody, um, directly threaten somebody's life, um, they basically do not impose bail um, just because I think it's a good and bad thing because there's a lot of people 
that winner with nonviolent offenses and would sit in jail so he couldn't afford bail right. um, for like two or three months. So in this case, it wasn't in our favor, but, you know, it's a good, mm-hmm. it's a good bill. Now, you, you, uh, I've heard you say previously that you actually wished they had kept him locked up. Yeah, um, John just doesn't seem to learn. Most people, same people, when they get a charge, like a probo charge, mm-hmm. and that would be a, a sign of like, okay, I'm going to stop my actions, but he probably took like six hours off and he went right back to what he was doing. Like when he was kicked out of community here in Utah, he went to Portland, he went to California. Um, he continued to do the same stuff, inciting the same violence. Very famously, he went up to D.C. on the 50th, seventh anniversary of Martin King's I Have a Dream speech and said he's going to pull the president out of office and call for revolution and Charlie Kirk, Alex Jones and several other influencers. So um, I was very surprised like that he was out and I'm pretty sure just for his well-being it's good for him to kind of be there mandated on mental health counseling you know um, to get some actual help because there's something that's completely off with him. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's take that as a, as an inter, as an invitation to do a little bit of speculation here. Where, where does John go from here? What do you think, is he going to learn something from this? Is he going to uh, extend his activities? Uh, Is he going to take a step back? What, what do you think he's going to do? Right now he can't really do anything. Um, If he did, he'd be really stupid they're monitoring him i'm pretty sure he falls under the patriot act now so they don't have to have a warrant for it mm-hmm. um so like he's I, again i thought we all thought that after the provo charges because he had never had a record before i even traffic ticket and uh, we thought after that it was shocking but we actually think there's some sort of mental disconnect that's happening on mm-hmm. indoctrination and manipulation and brainwashing is a real thing and I really think that's what's happening to him. Um, he's very paranoid. He's very anxious. Um, almost the same, uh, you know, the same symptoms of somebody who's overusing Adderall. You know, stuff like that. Like, he's, he's. Uh, I think, honestly, for my opinion, if they dropped the charges right now or gave him his rights to travel back, he would be going out and doing the exact same stuff he's been doing for the past eight months. Um, right. Yeah, now let's, I want I want to speculate a little bit more because of um, the things that I saw. I I saw a tremendous number of uh, militia activities, oath keepers, three percenters. Um, I also saw uh, very many signs and evidence that there were left wing antagonist groups out there, like an Antifa. Uh, knowing what you know because of your close contact with his relationships and and what what is your opinion of the makeup of the i'm not talking about the crowd we know who the crowd was we know who the people that came over from the rally were we know that those were flag waving trump supporters a lot of them got reeled into the circumstance and the emotion you know of, of the moment the mob mentality that happens there were there were in fact agent provocateurs there that were from all sides that were whipping people into a frenzy and calling them you know waving them into the battle line and then waving them into other circumstances but what, with what you know, what do you think the makeup was of the actual antagonists that were there? Uh, so if you know anything about Antifa, Antifa, um, they don't really go in and start 
battles all the time. They're not always the people with, like the the barricades. A lot of what they do is instigation, um, especially within Patriot rallies. We've seen it um, in Utah a couple of times. Is that um, they would pose as Black Lives Matter. They would come in and like throw eggs and stuff at us to incite violence. Um, so they, there. I know from from a source that there was about um, 200 plus Antifa members there that were wearing Trump hats and 3% shirts and Q, Q shirts, hats, etc. Mm-hmm. And they were the first ones at the at the barricades. Um, they were um, they were the ones punching the cops, the ones that were assaulting people, um, getting people like riled up to the point where they felt that they were justified to go into the Capitol. In fact, we see that most of the people are breaking the window and pulled down by patriots mm-hmm. um, because and and identified as Antifa. And there was this one circumstance that's well known. There's a video of somebody trying to break a window and gets tackled by a, a conservative. There's another right. video that I have where it shows what happened on the ground. There's three other people pulling that conservative off of the Trump supporter and uh, getting him into like kind of a tight circle. And they went back and they started to uh, break the window again. So, you know, they plant themselves, they incite violence, they instigate. And the whole, their whole plan was, was to demonize the Patriots as domestic terrorists mm-hmm. to the point that they could be censored uh, in mass on social media. Um, you know, th- it was planned. Um, this was a well-planned thing. It was a well-orchestrated thing. I would not be surprised if the DNC had, uh, or the Democrats had uh, a hand in it because the Capitol Police kind of waved these people in. Yeah. Um, they, didn't, they didn't show any signs of... Um, uh, restraint. There's a video of uh, the guy with the horns being led into the uh, to the house chambers, and right. a capital police officer and told not to touch certain things. It, it seems staged. A lot of it seems staged. Where do you where do you um, come up Where do you come up with the number that there was roughly 200 Antifa? Discord chats. Discord chats. Um, yeah, so Antifa chats that have it has a number of hundred people in DC. Like the DC planning groups, mm-hmm. um, they split people up into groups, gave them tasks, you know, just like event planning. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's just like how I would plan like a Patriot uh, rally. They planned this event and there was over, there's actually over 300 people in the chat. But like when I was looking in the chat, people that they're organizing, uh, there's like a little bit over 200. Hmm. So you think there was around 200 that actually were there part of the Part of that and of course obviously uh as i've documented from my own videos uh i was able to point out many of their you know handbook strategies that they were engaged in right there on the front lines they had their medics there they had their provocateurs there um and and uh so i was able to pick quite a few of them out of the crowd you know very you know very some of them are subtle and some of them are not so subtle but uh it was obvious i just did not know how many of those it's hard to tell them apart sometimes it was hard to tell apart who was because they were all dressed up with uh, trump paraphernalia uh it was hard to tell you know exactly which one of those were maybe militia members uh that were doing the same thing from their side as opposed to the antifa guys do you think there's, there's any chance whatsoever that there was a coordinated effort between the the extremist right wing groups and the and the antifa types or was this just organic and they just happened to be in the same place at the same time with the same goals in mind there's well-known ver- verified evidence that the Boogaloo boys um Boogaloo boys worked with um antifa um, but the Boogaloo boys don't have 
Republican values. Um, they're like an extreme version of the Proud Boys, yeah. but they want the government to fall. Um, sure. So, like, if you were going to say if there was a coordination, of course, um, with the media perceived far right group, but in reality, they're they basically the same thing, but two different names. So, mm -hmm. um, but other than that, I do know that there was some information passed uh, from from a lone road proud boy uh, um, to John and a couple of the members of Antifa when it came to the caravan meetup points. Um, but other than that, like there wasn't any collaboration that I've seen. And mm -hmm. I have a lot of information more than I want. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, 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 I'll ask you a somewhat sensitive question and you can decline to answer this if you choose, but I'll, I'll preface it by saying myself, I have not been home since I was in DC that day. Um, I, I have some things that I captured on the video that I had been advised after showing it to some uh, rather special people to tell me that you just need to you just need to go away for a few days and not, you know, not hiding from the FBI because I was, I was interviewed on, uh, ABC, uh, I mean the, the NBC affiliate, uh, wait a minute, the CBS affiliate, uh, WSA channel nine. And, uh, they use some of my video live on the air. And, uh, I have two different media agents that have my, my videos as also, and that they've been turned over to. And then in addition to that, I've been very open about what I was going to DC for. I had no idea that this, you know, this incident was going to happen at the Capitol building itself. And I, uh, I was uh, very open in my own blog site, in my own world that I was going to be uh, covering the rally. And I just followed the story where the story went and the story, as you know, went much deeper than we, we anticipated, but wow. Yeah. But, uh, with that, with that said, I have been advised based on some of the images that I captured until those are, are, are dealt with appropriately that I need to be on the road. Are you worried about some of the same things? What's happening with you right now in terms of your own safety or, you know, you've been pretty vocal about, uh, Antifa and yeah. other groups. Yeah. So there have been certain protections put in place, um, by local law enforcement and, um, and I can't really, again, talk about too much of it because of my own safety. I haven't even told the documentary about some of the protections that um, I've been offered. Um, but there has been a couple of like situations where I had to call it and stuff, and I told you about that. But mm -hmm. I can't really talk about it that much. I can just say that I'm not the only one. There are several other people that aren't like Candace Owens and you know these people that have access to like security and stuff. Yeah. Like, right, you right. Know, they go out and see the truth. And then they get targeted, their addresses get leaked, their um, numbers get leaked. Um, I'm not saying that uh, uh, Rudy, uh, Rudy Giuliani leaked my number um, <laughs> on purpose, but when he did that, it made it, made it very easy for people to uh, trace my number to my address. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was that was my number was there for about uh, an hour and a half before I changed it. So, um, it it created a lot of unforeseen issues. I gotcha. Is uh, is mistake there? Right, right, right. So where do you go from here? What's your What's your next step in all of the? Well, let, let's yeah, let's let's start that question off part one by saying, as a result of this incident and your reluctant uh, uh, engagement in it, uh, just by virtue of the relationship to your brother and his involvement, where do you go from here? Um, so contrary to popular belief in the media and people that talk, 
um, my entire life does not revolve around John and what he does. Um, just very coincidentally, a lot of what he does is within the world that he that I'm in because of his original um, mistake and promo. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've actually I made a I formed a group, a couple other people called Civilized Awakening. Um, it is a kind of a American what Black Lives Matter almost should have been. Um, actually, no, I shouldn't say that they're they're a Marxist organization, but like <laughs> what they're what the public is perceiving, it's a it's a African American outreach program focusing on democratic health and the policies that are holding back um, the African American community. Um, so I w- I'm going to go back to doing initiatives for that, um, whether I like it or not. John has kind of uh, enabled me to get a crap ton of contacts. I have a lot of contacts now. Um, a lot of people that want to work with me because of his story. Yeah. And um, we're going to go forward and do that. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, as far as John, I know he has something coming up. Um, I know that, you know, um, there's a lot that's being said and I'm just going to do whatever I need, whatever, uh, you know, authorities or, um, you know, the country asked me for in relation to John and trying to clear up the narrative that, you know, and see if uh, the Google boys organized and orchestrated that event, instigated the violence, and sat back and watched. So, right. if I can add anything to dispelling um, the narrative the Patriots planned that, then I'll do it. Then after that, I'm going to focus on what I'm supposed to be doing. So you 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 believe, uh, regardless of who was who we've seen involved, that it, this was fully organized by extremist groups, if not, in fact, coordinated with uh, government officials themselves. Yeah, no, completely. Um, I mean, like right after uh, it happened, like all the Republicans withdrew their support from objecting the uh, the results of the election in, in, in the Electoral College. Um, uh, Patriots were immediately demonized on social media. Uh, a couple of people that are in turning point chapters were expelled from colleges. The paperwork was already drawn up. Like, I think that, you know, it was a little bit more detailed than what's been released. I mean, it's given the media, law enforcement, and politicians the excuse to call Trump supporters or like minded people mm-hmm. extremists and threat to society. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was too well organized. Uh, and even now they're denying, like the FBI has come out and said that it wasn't, it wasn't planned. It was a planned event. It was, had nothing to do with Trump's speech and they're still going on, going on with this, this impeachment of Trump. Yeah, we, we, we saw, we saw their initial, uh, reports. The FBI said, of course, that there was no evidence that Antifa was involved. And then of course, obviously we know what the MSN narrative has been. And then yesterday the Washington post finally caved and said, okay, yeah, this was organized. Uh, I, I just, I just completed and posted a brand new blog myself 30 minutes before you and I got on the line here where I said the same thing. I said, you know, that what I saw, what I have on video, what my eyes saw, you know, what I saw with my own two eyes was that this was a highly organized orchestrated event. And it was probably a, a, a theater event for the world to come to this, you know, uh, conclusion that it was, it was a bunch of, uh, radical, uh, Trump people. But the, the reality of what I saw was I saw, tremendous amount of coordination. 
I saw with my own eyes, the, the um, law enforcement officers open the doors, open the gates. I have video of it. I have evidence of them standing around by the dozens, just chatting on their phone as people are filing into the building. They had, you know, every single one of them were armed. They could have stopped this in five minutes if they had wanted to, but they allowed this battle to happen for two hours. And then finally somebody said, okay, you know, let the sheep in. And they did. And they just, they, they stood back and look, you know, these guys are, these are, these guys take orders or command and control guys top to the bottom. They went out there and they fought on the front front lines and that skirmish line for as long as they were told to. And then when they were told to step back and let people in, that's what they did. They're not going to do this on their own. And at no time did they draw their weapons until um, Ashley Babbitt was was shot. And man, did it all change inside that building when that happened. Everything changed yeah. at that moment. And all of a sudden the guns were out and then they started clearing the building, which is what they, they could have done from the, the very beginning and they chose not to. But that's much like what we've seen in the riots since uh, George Floyd's death is that, uh, you know, Minneapolis did not have to burn. My city did not have to burn. Nobody had to burn. Uh, these all could have been stopped uh, had they wanted to stop them. But uh, I think there's an ongoing narrative that's trying to be created uh, from both of those incidences. And uh, unfortunately, one side won the PR battle uh, on January 6th, and it was not uh, it was not the Patriots, as you call them. <laughs> they did yeah. not win, they did not win the the PR narrative of the day. So, anything else you would like to throw out at us and uh, conclude this uh, with? No, actually, I don't. <laughs> um, I don't have anything other than saying that Trump has Trump had reached out to the mayor um, to the not the mayor, Trump again, but the mayor for extra security at the Capitol. Was, uh, was ignored. This is before January 6th. Um, mm -hmm. He had intelligence that, you know, Antifa was going, was planning and there were going to be riots. They were publicly stating it. Um, and his request for additional security was ignored. And and then it happens and everybody thinks that he orchestrated and planned it for an insurrection or an excuse to call martial law. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you just look at it with logic without even having information, it's kind of set up. Um, I would like to say, though, is that there's this like narrative out there that my father's name is Kevin Sullivan, um, a retired uh, Air Force Major General. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad's name is John J. Sullivan. He was a Lieutenant Colonel. He served the, served the United States Ar Army for 21 years before attack helicopters, um, retired honorably um, to um, a ranch in southern Utah. Mm. And yeah, uh, there's this thing going on that's saying that my my parents, my dad is a child molester and sold like nuclear codes and stuff like that. And oh, wow. I just kind of wanted to spell it in there. Yeah. Sure. But other well, than that, yeah. Now you've got, you've got all my contact information and what I'd like for you to do is just send me where you would like people to go to follow up with your, your new group and your organization that you're building. So if you'll send me the contact information, links, websites, uh, Facebook pages, whatever, I'll make sure that that's on the bottom of this vid video along with all of our contacts as well. And um, we'll get, uh, we'll get your information spread out there as far and wide as we have reach ourselves, if that's okay. Awesome. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. Well, James, thank you so much for spending time with me today. And I know you've been, uh, uh, <laughs> I know you've been being pulled. Yeah. You've been being pulled, uh, from all ends here the last few days. And, and I know we had a, uh, we had a, a little bit of trouble getting hooked up the last few days, but, uh, uh, hang in there and, uh, you know, let's, let's look for the, uh, the positive side, which is you have a positive message to bring and, hopefully that uh, that the unwanted attention that was brought, you'll be able to leverage that into something good going forward. 
fantastic. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you and uh, be safe out there.